Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, aka Boilerhawk. Joining me this week are both Max and Ben. Max, how are you doing? Bear down, Chicago Bears. Alrighty, and Ben, how are you doing? Uh, you know. <laughs> the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean, Saturday was great. Uh, you know, Iowa had a great win. I went to a great concert. I saw Lizzo Saturday night, and then Sunday is just one, you know, big dick kick. Um, <laughs> after the Bears, you know, riding that high after uh, the festivities yesterday, and now I am low, low, low. I I saw Lizzo once. It was two years ago, I think. Maybe really, she was at like eleven thirty at ACL. Thirty hmm. a.m. Yes. <laughs> wild it's crazy yeah. how stars can rise yeah uh <laughs> but uh enough about lizzo although we probably could wait I know, I, I, I a, uh, what's i don't i actually have a question what's the appeal i don't get it i, I think this means i'm old oh of lizzo yeah i don't get the i don't get the appeal i mean her music is good yeah i mean it's i just not. Think i don't resist i don't think it's like i don't think i don't like it she I don't plays know. the flute yeah. Good for her. It's still not good. Oh, I mean, I mean oh she's boy. objectively a good flautist. She was a concert-trained flautist. And then raps on the side. Yep, you can't really deny her talent. I don't want to... <laughs> she's just stirring up I, shit. I, I just I'm don't get it. No, I, I genuinely, like, it's not even like I'm <laughs> me trying to be a dick. Like, I just genuinely don't get the appeal. I guess it just doesn't appeal to you, Max. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's the answer. Maybe you are I old. I think I'm old. Oh, man. The youngest person on this podcast. That's uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, we're coming off a forty-eight to three Iowa win, and they were dominant in basically every fashion. Uh, outgained the Blue Raiders six hundred forty-four to two hundred sixteen yards. Uh, Ten of sixteen third down efficiency. Uh, three of three on fourth down. So basically, thirteen out of nineteen for that. Um, you know, seven yards of carry, basically. Ten yards of pass. Only three penalties for 20 yards. Uh, I guess, uh, what is there to take away from this, Ben? <clears throat> I think, you know, you got to take away that Iowa. My biggest takeaway is Iowa did to Middle Tennessee what Alabama would do to Middle Tennessee or Ohio State, I think. And we haven't seen that in a long time. Um, not since really, you know, the Illinois game. Um, God, was it two years ago where we had? Not since a whole five games ago. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, honestly. But, uh, you know, you have to be happy with Iowa's playmakers. Nobody got hurt. Uh, you know, even without Iowa, so they had, let me, they had five starters out. Our corner's number two and three, so t- I mean, yeah. I'll call it five starters. Um, offensive linemen, two offensive linemen are gone. Starting defensive tackle. And uh, corners number two and three, right? Maybe corners number four, even. So, 
Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy with how they played and nobody else got hurt and you got to hope we're just uh, rested and we have good momentum going to Michigan. Max? Yeah, I mean, mean, look, I don't really feel like there's a whole lot you can take out of it. Like, Iowa beat down an opponent that they should have beat down. The running game looked fantastic, but, you know, with how big our linemen are and how we praise our linemen week after week for being, you know, some of the best in the uh, conference, if not the country, you know, like you expect them to push around these 230-pound defensive linemen that the other team has. So, you know, it's we did what we needed to do. I don't feel like there's a whole lot you could take away, but it was, you know, it was a good watch. It was, you know, nice to not have any stress in, to, during this game at any point. Yeah, so. yeah I'm kind of with you. Uh, halfway through, maybe the third quarter, Christian is like, why are we even watching this game? And I'm like, because I watch all of the games all the time, unless it is the mm-hmm. Stanford Rose Bowl. That is the, <laughs> the one right. game uh, I have, like, yeah. turned off very quickly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, the the story is just when you look at the drive chart, because I was like, ah, 48 points doesn't seem like a lot for 644 yards. But really, uh, they had uh, every drive except for two went, except for one went over 40 yards. Then after that, it was a 44 yard drive, a 55 yard drive, and uh, 65 yard drive on up. So it's not like Iowa's really had a bunch of good field position to where they could score and they weren't moving the ball particularly fast, although they were just kind of moving everyone along uh, the line of scrimmage. So really it's just, it, it is what they needed to do. And I think if uh, Duncan's able to make that field goal, make it 51, does that make me feel a little better about uh, having 600 yards of offense and 50 points? Probably. So chalk that one up. Uh, is there any other concerns or maybe even minor things that, that you guys have seen? Uh, or, or is it just all good, all sunny in Iowa City? I mean, the only thing that I could think of that was like a genuine negative from this game was uh, that there was that one weird like time management thing that Ferentz did. And I mean, I think that at this point, we just kind of know that Ferentz is kind of a shoddy time management dude at the end of quarters and halves, but, you know, that's like probably the one thing, and, you know, it's going to come up again at some point during the season where, you know, it's it maybe screws Iowa out of some points at the end of a half, but, you know, it's whatever, I guess, at this point. Like, it, Iowa's up big, so maybe it was just not, like, much of a concern for them, but, I don't know, nothing, like, major. I it, Gino Stone might be hurt. He's I think he's been hurt in every game. Yeah, I do too. So I think at this point, I think he's just kind of chronically injured this season, and he's going to play the rest of this season just chronically injured. But I don't know. That's probably that might be the main concern I have is that I don't know how healthy he really is. He's healthy enough to play, but hmm. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I I don't remember anything being mad at the clock, but probably just because we were all, you know, this game was never in doubt. Probably, Harrison, you have a recollection that 48 didn't seem like a lot. We, I mean, we missed a field goal. I think once you cross the 50-burger 50, 50 threshold, that's when you, I think that just mentally for me at least, that tells me, uh, you know, a team dominated a little more than, you know, just 50 sounds a lot better than 48 or 49, um, or in this case, 51. Uh, you have to be just really happy with the way the offense looked. You have to take away, you know, Iowa has three really good running backs. I mean, Ivory Kelly Martin, he only had one carry the whole game. I don't know what's going on with him. 
but so we still have a stable of running backs. Um, you just have, can't be happier with the way this offense is playing. Um, there's just playmakers everywhere with Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset's just most still electric guy I can remember I was seeing play. Tyrone Tracy made some great plays. Nico Regani had, I think, a 34-yard catch. So, And then Nate Stanley is just absolute money. Um, his numbers would have been even better. There, you know, he had the back-to-back drops mm-hmm. in uh, third or fourth quarter, I think. And it, it just, um, I mean, yeah, 17 and 25 would have been 19 or 20 and 25 if it wasn't for the drops. So you just um, got to be happy. We're, I'm just happiest about the momentum going that we're going to have going into Michigan. I just really, I think we got to fucking roast them. I really do. I'm not, I'm not going to be happy with anything else other than uh, a, a two-score victory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, I'll take a one-point win. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a victory. I don't yeah. care how much they yeah, win. Yeah, but I want the win. Yeah, Michigan got that good little Rutgers. Uh, I know they have Rutgers that bump. So low, they'll they, be riding high. Yeah, yeah, they got that win. Uh, Chris Ash's last loss at at Rutgers. So, uh, oh yeah, completely overlooked that. Feel bad for that dude. I like, mean, yeah, I, I was looking I know. in Phil Steele and. Uh, somehow they went eight and four with a Big Ten schedule in 2014. Rutgers did. It's funny to look back at that and think, oh yeah, Rutgers was good the first year they were in the Big Ten. And it wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a particularly easy schedule. It was just kind of their normal schedule that they have. And oh, they got it. So I guess it was, if I recall, they got four out of conference wins and four in conference to get to eight. It's crazy to think about. Uh, really good. Yeah. They, I mean, two, Just, one of their wins was Howard. Yeah, the uh, Washington State, one their, and they were bad. Yeah, Washington they State, Howard, bad, Navy, yeah. Tulane, Michigan. Michigan won, Michigan was bad. And then Indiana, I mean, yeah. Indiana, it was Maryland, same, yeah. North Carolina. It is the same, it is a, the same schedule they play. I think they just hit. They beat three Big Ten teams when normally they only beat one or none. Oh yeah, because they had four non-conference and then yeah. five non-conference, including the bowl game, and they played right. quickly in bowl. Carolina, all right, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I think really kind of the the big takeaway for me is just the playmakers ha- having so many. It just continues to kind of blow my mind. Um, running the tunnel screen with Smith was really kind of cool to see. Uh, Tracy somehow led in receiving yards with eighty-five. Uh, Smith Marset doing Smith Marset things. Love that um, jet sweep for the touchdown. Oh man, just got the guy out of a shoot. Oh no, yeah, the other, yeah, the other play too. Um, yeah, that juke. Uh, I, I, it oh, always, yeah, he's just so dirty. Yeah. Like I think the this, it was partially slip, partially Smith Marset, but uh, two two ugh, rushes for twenty eight yards. Um, you know that's what that's the type of thing that they need uh, going into Michigan to make them think about. You know, we, this is kind of what we gave Greg Davis crap for, but making the defense think about the horizontal aspect of the field, whether it's the stupid passes that everyone hated from Greg Davis or these jet sweep actions that we're seeing uh, under Brian Ferentz. Um, so me, that yeah. that's kind of the the big thing. Uh, the one thing that really kind of blew my mind looking at Iowa's season stats as a whole is Tyler Goodson is at 200 yards rushing already. Uh, 
Makai Sargent is 299. Young is 251. Um, but really, to have three guys there over 200 yards, I think any more, he needs to be more important and not less as we kind of go into this Big Ten season with uh, Tyler Goodson. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, like, I think that, honestly, if they use him this season and maybe even next season too, since Torin Young and uh, Makai Sargent will both be back, if they use him kind of like how Wisconsin was using Melvin Gordon, and, I mean, they're not the, the same caliber player, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say yet, but Melvin Gordon was electric, and they just used him as uh, for jet sweeps, and they ran all these gimmicky plays, but he was, you know, awesome that way. And I think that, you know, they could really utilize Goodson in a lot of the same ways. I don't think that they're that he, he might not be as good as uh, Melvin Gordon was, but you know, that's I think that's they need to use him more. They need to like put him on the field. I think at least to make the defense think about him. He provides a really good change of pace. Uh, Makai Sargent won't be back next year, but I believe Kelly Martin and both Torn Young will be. Um, isn't, uh, isn't Sargent also a junior? Oh, he's a senior, right? No, he's a junior. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Junior college, junior college. Oh, I thought he had two years of junior college. He redshirted no, the first year. One. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody, so all this whole backfield will be back next year. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. Um, shit, I did not know that. Uh so yeah, just get him the ball more. I think like a just a really really good change uh, change of pace back, and it says sophomore on the fucking Iowa website that he's a sophomore. That can't be right. Who is that? Sergeant guy, Sergeant. Yeah. You mean he? I guess it's the second year here, but he did play the one year at uh, Iowa. Western. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, maybe that's just no, that's, that's probably wrong then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's provides just really good spark. He's an odd little jitter bu- uh, water bug, and if they can find a way to get the ball to him in space, or just you know make the holes that they've been making against everybody, <clears throat> you know they'll they'll find room for him. Yeah, and maybe one last point from uh, Tyler Goodson, and this is courtesy of Stoops. Um, he has the same amount of catches as Mackay Sargent at nine, which is tied for fourth. Uh, on the team. I did not know that. So to me, the big opportunity is getting him those types of receptions when he's not playing behind uh, a number two line. Like e- even that screen pass for negative six yards at the goal line, more or less. I mean, my God, that was that was brutal. Uh, may- maybe Brian's worst moment uh, yesterday. But uh, yeah, to have nine receptions and only 21 yards seems like a, a- really weird uh statistic for uh yeah it's no good yeah so let's make that more good uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh i guess um anything else to take away from the middle tennessee state game i know we kind of wanted to keep it short but uh uh, you know i'll open the floor up here Uh, the defensive back field is very thin start jack kerner and um DJ and OJ Mo- and who was DJ Johnson had to had to play the entire game out of necessity, right? Yeah, I think OJ Moody was still around. They so we had to have. They did put Harris in, uh, not necessarily the full fourth quarter, but for part of it. Yeah, so I mean that is concerning. I'm hoping you know. Uh, as a, do you think I, we know Riley Moss is gone? Or Hankins going to be back next week? Do you think? Well, uh, right up on my Twitter feed, uh, the Sunday conversation, uh, Hawk Nation, John Miller, summarized that Ferentz said 
OL, uh, Larry Jackson, and defensive back Kayvon Merriweather will be back, barring any setbacks for Michigan. So, um, not Hankins, who I think is probably the most important defensive back that is out. Yeah, I think so. Um, Just because, you know, Michigan's biggest weapons are, I would say, their wide receivers. So, um, going with their... uh, I guess, what would Johnson have been? I mean, they wanted to play him in the cash, so... Uh, I mean, nickel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, could be better, could be worse. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but who's going to throw them the ball? Shea Patterson, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Safety play is fine. As long as Geno Stone, we know we can play. And you have really, yeah. like, Seattle Kerner. Like, what, did he... Has he won the job, you think? Do you think Kayvon, Mer- Mer- Kayvon Merriweather will have his job back next week? Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, he played really well the first, or well, you know, while he was there, while yeah. he was able to play. He was playing well. Um, I think, you know, that he's, you know, been replaced very adequately as well, too. But I think that they'll probably give it back to him and see what he does. And, you know, if he slips up at all, they might you might see another change there. But I don't I think that he played well while he was, you know, able. But granted, the level of competition wasn't the best either. I think he's got a short leash, to be honest. I know that when Kerner's name was brought up during training camp, everyone was kind of like, oh, interesting. But, like, he really didn't make any mistakes uh, the two games here. I know, save for the big touchdown against Iowa State, which I guess is uh, technically a mistake. But Yeah, um, just kind of. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's done kind of the things that you would expect a uh, walk-on sophomore to do. Uh, and hasn't had necessarily a ton of those mistakes. I guess that's mainly my my bigger point. No, yeah, I mean, I think that the one thing that you can really point out is that big touchdown from the Iowa State game, but otherwise he's been genuinely kind of not noticed, and that's, if you're blending in, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You, no. Uh, just, yeah, I hopefully, you know, defensive line linebackers can play it like, well enough that we can hide some more mistakes in the defensive backfield. And I, I got faith that it'll, it'll work out. Wide faith, goddammit. Naturally. So let's yeah. go ahead and take a quick break here and then look forward to, uh, I guess, look back. Ben has some stats that he wants to go over. So Do I? Fine. <laughs> And we are back. Ben, uh, before the show, you told me that you were looking up kind of Iowa's three and four game winning streaks to start the season. Uh, And and you've got takes. Let's hear them. Uh, I I didn't look really that closely at three game, just mostly four game seasons. They brought up, they had nauseam on the the broadcast, which was very poorly produced uh, to bring that up. Oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Anyway, um, they brought up how this is the fifth time of the Kirk Ferentz era that he's been 4-0, and I don't think it's very good, they're, and they're praising him for it, and I don't think it's very good. He's been here 21 years, and he's only gone 4-0 five times. What is that, 20% of the time? Uh, when gen- generally you're playing pretty bad cupcakes, uh, and I know Iowa State, we, we always play one of the first three games of the year, and uh, Kirk Francis doesn't have the best record. Uh, 
against Iowa State. I mean, recently he did. Right now we're just dominating them, but he's lost them uh, what eight times? Quite a bit. Um, eight or nine times. I think it's nine. And it's too nine. many. Too many times. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Iowa State's been a thorn in our side constantly, and then you know we've had <clears throat> some mishaps against Arizona in the past and what have you. So I just think. We Iowa should be a little bit better, but I am optimistic because here are the four other seasons where Iowa started off uh, 4-0. We have 2003, where Iowa went 10-3 and and won the Outback Bowl against uh, Florida, a Florida team that fought the following year would win the national champion. No, not, not no, no, I was thinking of, never mind. Uh, still dominated an SEC team in the Outback Bowl. Always fun. 2006, we can forget about that. Um, that year never happened. <clears throat> um, they lost, that's the year they lost to Ohio State on game day in Iowa City. Um, and then just tumbled after that. I think that was the fifth game of the year after starting 4-0, and that was no good. 2009, I started 4-0, went to the Orange Bowl, you know, and won that against Georgia Tech, and then 2015 was a 12-0 year, and then we never played in the postseason. Um, <laughs> according, to Harrison, according to Harrison. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's, and then, so, you know, three out of four times, we've had, I was had a pretty great season. We start off 4-0. So I think the stars are aligning. I hate how much confidence I'm talking about the Michigan game. Um, but I see no reason why we can't be 5-0. and And then we'll take Penn State at home. Just uh, You have to take that after Michigan, and then we'll just play from there. But, uh, I mean, my take is, you know, it's uh, pretty If Since it happens so few, the amount of times that starting off 4-0 happens so few and far uh, between for Kirk Ferentz and truly great seasons are so few and far between from, you have to look at these um, stats and pull out of thin air and just, you know, once again, have blind faith, ride the wave. Yeah, I think your point's a good one. Uh, the start leads to, to better seasons, and I mean, really the two seasons that stick out that didn't have these 4-0 starts but went on to be pretty good seasons would be, uh, at least in my view, uh, 2002 with that Iowa State loss and then 2004 um, when they lost to Arizona State and Michigan uh, within the first four games. Um, But other than that, uh, you're right. I would say that a good start portends a good season. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the one thing that is pretty interesting, because I do generally agree that 9 out of 12, 21 times is not much at all in terms of starting 3-0. Means, uh, oh, 9, yeah. Oh, okay, so we start 3-0 nine times. Yeah, that's not a lot. Yeah, and then the, the 5 out of 21 uh, with 4 wins. I guess I, I didn't do any research in terms of what it looks like for uh, other teams but like you just kind of look through and Iowa State's on there a little bit um for being the one and the three and one start uh NIU sticks out Central Michigan that sticks out uh and North Dakota State some of the other ones are a little better though like I I think especially Penn State and Wisconsin the last two years um not not bad losses but certainly ones that hey, it, it, it would have flipped the season either way. Uh, I would feel have felt a lot better about 2017 if they went 8-4 and four with a win over Penn State in 2018 if they had gone 9-3 and three and, you know, maybe gotten to a little better bowl game. Uh, but maybe they lose that bowl game. 
and then they end up nine and four anyways. So, what do I know? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We we know nothing. Yeah. I did want to talk a little bit about the Nebraska game. I didn't see a second of it, but oh my! It was God. incredibly pornographic. It was. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. My, well, <laughs> go, I was going to say, my buddy came. O- my buddy came over while I was watching that game, and uh, he's like, well, "Why is this the game you're watching?" And I put, "This is erotic. This is." <laughs> I was like, "There's nothing I take more pleasure in." I got this on paper view. Beat down. It was. I think at that point it was just twenty four zero or something like that, and I was like, "This is amazing. I'm having so much fun." And then he made me change the game. What game did you end but, up watching? Uh, so I have ESPN Plus, and I only use an Apple TV. Uh, and so I just was switching back and forth between, like, I watched, like, the Mercer football game. <laughs> like, I was, <laughs> Ooh, was, there was nothing good on at that time. It was that, it was, the, it was on actual TV, it was the Ohio State game. It was the uh, UCF game against the UConn, the Civil Conflict, rest in peace. <laughs> um and there was one more game on the oh it was uh Kentucky. Mississippi State and Auburn. Oh uh, yeah. And none of those games were any good, so I was just like, hey, we're gonna watch the shittiest football we could possibly find and I like turned on Mercer and we turned on like a bunch of real he's like, I can't believe these D one schools have four people here and he's not a college football guy and I was like, Oh no, this is D three. <laughs> this is the bottom of the barrel we're watching right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, Max. Like, it, it was really kind of jarring um, to see uh, game day go to Lincoln just because they had done nothing up to the point this season to prove, like, oh, they're worthy of this top 25 ranking. Yeah, and the thing with it, too, is that people were like, well, there's just no good games on this weekend. And, like, Notre Dame and Virginia yeah. played. They're both top 20 teams, like. You know, they could have sent yeah. them there, but I mean, I guess I also they get probably the sent them to South Bend so often. Yeah, I was going to say, too, like, they probably wanted to send their crew to where they were actually broadcasting the game for once, because they didn't, at least, Iowa weekend. That's a good point. It, it's just so funny to me. Like, I, I just constantly go around, and I think the thing to look at is continuously to... Uh, identify these games preseason that just look like lines that are horrible. I, I mentioned on Twitter that Stoops had, and to you, Ben, that Stoops had made kind of a sizable bet on Ohio State when he got them at minus seven preseason against Nebraska. And I think if if we kind of go through maybe next year and identify these weird games where, oh, the, the only reason to believe that these teams are better is because the media says they're better. Uh, maybe those are the ones that we should look at in 10 to 15 weeks as future bets to see what they look like uh, against an Ohio State or even maybe like a Michigan. But Ohio State just, to me, they look like one of the best teams in the country, which is not a hot take, but their size and speed and just kind of technique that they have is just on another level, uh, especially when you consider that all Nebraska has done is try and get faster. They have not really um, recruited along the trenches to get bigger guys. They've just tried to get a bunch of really fast guys. And to me, it does not pretend 
dang, I keep using that word. It does not, uh, you know, I, I think it probably says more bad things about the rest of the season than good things, just because they're going to be able to get pushed around. And, and I think if there's a loss on the schedule, that would be more frustrating than Nebraska, probably Purdue. But uh, oh yeah, I, 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 I think a loss to Nebraska would be as frustrating as a loss to Purdue or Illinois at this juncture. I wouldn't go that far. It's at Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yes. Losing at home to Purdue on homecoming, no. And then Illinois, I don't care where that game is. Illinois is so bad. And do we think the injuries to Cindelar are more? Are they, are they serious? I didn't see them. I just saw them on Twitter. I don't, I don't know if they're serious, but I do know that now they don't have Rondell more for, I think, the rest of the year. Yeah. The rest of the year he's gone? It looked pretty bad. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Harrison might actually know because, you know, Purdue alum and all. I, I haven't seen anything as of late, but I know when I I was going through Twitter earlier today, it was looking like all indications were like ACL for Moore and yeah. uh, collarbone for Sindelar. So not good. And, and like, it just sucks. Like to see these kids have, in Moore's case, like three seasons to do all he can for Purdue um and, and to see one of them just kind of get taken away it just it really stinks and Cindelar a guy who's been there for maybe five, five years maybe six I'm not sure if he has that medical red shirt but you know ha- to have so he's been there for a decade yeah, I mean, yeah it's it just uh, you hate to see it I know that's kind of a meme to be used ironically but I I don't like seeing when when injuries like this happen to to teams and to kids because the kids who aren't getting paid. Yeah. But they can happen to Marcus Washington at, at Nebraska. <laughs> oh, yeah. At any point, that would be great. Um, <laughs> so I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'm that, kidding. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that. that, that's awesome. That, no, dude. Yeah. Uh, um, really? God damn it. It's really a big bummer that uh, Jack – come on. Jack Plummer, uh, Purdue's quarterback of quarterback, is not related to Jake Plummer at all. And he's from Arizona too, which is where Jake Plummer's from. Such a disappointment, Ben. I couldn't. Agree I can't more. believe it. Yeah, a huge like, bummer. Plummer from Arizona. Uh, Surely he's also related to Jake. Um, God, I was going to say too. I forgot. And then you just have to talk about Tanner Morgan from Minnesota. I don't care who you're playing. Twenty-one for twenty-two. Um, for 400 yards and four touchdowns. That was, a, that was really impressive. What? I mean, is Minnesota actually good? God damn it. Um, I mean, they're better than Purdue. Is that saying anything? I think you need to commit to them as still a fake news football team, Ben. They, uh, they, okay. they might be decent. Fine. I mean, yeah. No, uh, yeah, fine. Especially without the starting quarterback and All-American. Yeah, sure. I think Purdue is fake news. No, no, no. Minnesota. You still need to oh, Minnesota still? Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. 21 for 20. I find. Who do they play next? They don't play anybody for a few weeks. I think they don't play anybody for until like week eight. So. Yeah, when they play Iowa. Exactly. My God. Um, are we going to be staring down the barrel of 7-0 and Minnesota against 7-0 and Iowa? I think it might be 8-0. and Hold on. I'm pulling up the schedule let's, right let's, now. I mean, let's hope for that because that gives us another win over a top 25 ranked team. Yeah. Um, they get Illinois. And then Fun. they host Nebraska. And then they go to Rutgers. 
And then I don't know what to make of this Maryland team. Where they play do Maryland? They still, right? do they, do they, are, they, are they the first time an eight no Power Five conference team is not ranked? <laughs> <laughs> they no, they don't have to be nobody, nobody, nobody ranked. I mean, they, they're. I think they're the second most receiving votes today, so they'll be ranked. But <laughs> that'd be hilarious if they just refuse to be ranked. Um, despite going eight and on a power five. Uh, they're four and oh with an average margin of victory of five points. <laughs> like I don't know what to make of them at all. Because they played nobody but they they're just not had a, yeah, idiots gauntlet to start the season. And they it just keeps on rolling. I mean with Illinois over homecoming, they have not played anybody this season. Until Penn State, Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin. I'm actually very much cheering for an eight and four Minnesota team. That would make my day. Oh, it'd be great to start eight. Maybe and they can. Maybe they can go to the Outback Bowl. I mean, I think that that's probably yeah. the only place that they can go. And then just point. get smoked by anybody in the SEC. Maybe talk to your kids about an undefeated Minnesota. Honestly, oh my goodness. Uh, it doesn't make me happy at all. Especially now that I live here. Nobody cares about them. Like Nobody's ever once Nobody, brought up Minnesota yeah. football to me. What do but they bring up? They just incessantly Between try to talk shit. They don't. They talk about the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, Vikings, Vikings it's, ride or die. And it's so funny to me because it's there's me. One of my coworkers is a Packers fan. And they're always trying to talk shit to both of us. And we're like, this isn't how this works. You can stop at any moment. Goodness. No, but nobody cares about Minnesota uh, Golden Gopher football here, at least. Not that I've run into. Fun stuff. Well, actually, not fun nobody stuff. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah, but... I just realized that yesterday Iowa tried the fullback dive with two different backup fullbacks. Fullback. Second, Monty Potty. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I appreciated it. Monty Pottybomb, Pottybomb, and fuck, I already forgot the third. Turner Palisard. Turner, Turner Palisard. Yeah. Both got carries. Uh, robbing Tyler Goodson of a touchdown. I don't want to rip into Brian Ferentz play calling again. Like if, oh, well. if that's going to be a nitty pick, we can. But eh. right, uh, you can. You, you guys can do it. I'm going to mute my microphone if we do. That was no, the best say, uh, tweet fun. I had in a while. The one of Amir Smith Marset pointing. To it did the best on the Twitter. It was I, a tremendous, tremendous content. Great yeah, that. nice work. Good. I don't know how you even do that on Twitter yet. I uh, I thought that um, Jordan's tweet about how Mike Riley's first seventeen games at Nebraska. That was really was, good. He was ten and seven, and Scott Frost is seven and ten. That was. That was a stat. And everybody was defending Scott Frost for inheriting Mike Riley's players, whereas Mike Riley inherited Bo Pelini's players. Like, so why don't you keep Bo? <laughs> Honestly, like, seriously. Because he hated Nebraska. And uh, <clears throat> you what did and in Scott Frost's second year in UCF, didn't he win like eight or ten games? No, he went from 0 and 12 to 12 and 0. Or, no, no, no. It was, no, it, was, was, no, eight, wins. It was eight wins. You're right. Yeah. And then he went to twelve. Then he went twelve. Yeah. So, what's that say about the roster? I mean, I guess you can again blame Mike Riley, but I, I, I don't buy that. Hey, uh, is it crazy to say that Central Florida is better since Scott Frost left? 
Is that no? Because are they? They lost to Pitt. Oh, mm, is Pitt bad though? They should have beat uh, Penn State. Pitt just lost to like Delaware. N- yeah, Fine. they just barely beat Delaware. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's something to monitor, in my opinion. How long do you think Scott Frost gets? Like it. it, it he gets forever. He gets, five, he gets five years. He's he is uh, Nebraska Harbaugh. He's going to be there forever. What did Mike Riley get? Three. But I mean, the difference no, he's between three, yeah, he three. was he was only three oh. years. But like to me, Harbaugh oh, really? instantly had something. He had the three ten yeah. win seasons in his first four years. Like, there's nothing of the sort that we've seen from Scott Frost to believe that they're going to get better this year other than maybe they just have to. But Adrian Martinez looks horrible. He looked really bad. So bad against Ohio. He was getting Heisman odds. He was getting, there are, he, he was getting Heisman odds to start the year. Like, are you kidding me? He looks like Taylor Martinez throwing the ball. Yeah, honestly. Ah, miss that guy. Glad to have another Martinez who throws <laughs> interceptions in my life. In place I'm going to send you guys a video. It's my favorite YouTube video of all time. I'll send it to you guys later. That's terrible radio, but well, it'll be good. We'll, we'll put it on the post. Uh, I guess anything else to say? Do we want to look forward? Um, Michigan, we've talked about, then Penn State. It'll be uh, It'll be a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this game. Do you do you not know how you feel because you feel too confident? Because that's where I'm at. I'm t- I'm far too confident, but that is how I feel. I do know how. Yeah. I feel, and my feelings is confidence. Yeah. No. Like I feel confident about it, but we're going on the road. I mean, the big house isn't a very intimidating environment from a crowd noise hostility standpoint. But you know, it'll be. I think it'll be tough. I think Michi- Michigan has a ton of talent. I don't, they just, they're bad. I think. I'm curious to see yeah. how Iowa's offensive line does because the one thing that did concern me a little bit against Middle Tennessee State was the speed rush. And they, they got two sacks, five tackles for loss. Uh, that's something that has One of those sacks, Stanley kind of ran into his own, uh, ran into its worst, didn't he? Not one of them, but I mean, we're <laughs> I mean, it's to still let that I guy get past him. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, we'll see how they hold up. Um, hopefully, Mark Jackson. I'm, I think he could have played if we were if it was a Big Ten game. So, I mean, the run game if the if the running if the run blocking is as good as it has been, then the pass blocking can definitely be average. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And I think the pass blocking is definitely above average. Yeah, the pass blocking's been pretty good, I think. I mean, granted, we haven't played anybody that has a startling pass or pass rush, but I think the pass blocking's been good. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not Iowa's front, or they can win in the trenches of running the ball, and Michigan should provide that good test. I think that if they play well against Michigan, I'll feel really good about the rest of the season. I think that's where I'm at. I would love to see Goodson get over 100 total yards against Michigan. I think he's due for like a 
big performance against a good team. Well, a name team. Yeah, he could have a coming out party. I, I'm all about that. Because I just don't I, see I, Martin having the coming out party against Michigan. I, I think this year is basically a glorified redshirt year in a way. I want LBK yeah, to see how many snaps he got yesterday. It's yeah, it's weird because he doesn't. He had he had a catch. I don't think he really got anywhere on it. But it, he's been invisible since uh, week one. So that, I guess that's a little bit perplexing, but it might just be a whole, you, you're new here, you take a back seat, you know, as Ferentz kind of does. Yep, yep. We'll see. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening to the Pants Party. Uh, go Hawks. Bear down, Chicago. Bear. I my fault, but I'm out here busting loose. Gotta blame it on.